0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Today I want to talk about Luke 15 and uh, the parables of the lost sheep and lost coin the prodigal son has always been a favorite of mine it's a lot of ground to cover so let's just jump into this thing 15.1 um, says now all tax co- now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him which is Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying to the fellows this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them now We've covered, they've covered when Jesus went to Matthew's house and Jesus was seating with sinners and everybody, all the Pharisees and teachers got really upset. I'm like, why does he eat with these people? The New Living says, why does he eat with such scum? And uh, I was like that. And uh, this is something that Jesus did a lot of. And uh, just, he, was, he was showing that there wasn't separation between him and the other. Because it was not an us and them thing. By dining with them it was building a covenant and showing that there was a covenant there. And so dining was a very intimate moment to share together. Um, It's not like just running out and grabbing food with somebody nowadays. And so one of the things I don't think we always think about these parables. Is that they're also Jesus in a way rebuking Pharisees. So these stories aren't just like I'm just going to sit down and tell you a story. He's trying to sit down and say, "Let me tell you why I am the way I am and why I do what I do." So he told him this parable, which one he says, "Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it?" At this point, I would have been like, "Me? I, I I'll just keep the ninety-nine. I'm not going to leave." <laughs> But I don't know what shepherding entails. When he has found it, he lays lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So this is Reunion. Reunion. You have separation, you have reunion. This is a pretty simple story. The second one is, uh, seems as, as simple too. Are a woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and carefully until she finds it? When she found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I, did I had lost just so I tell you there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over sinner who repents. Now repent is often seen as a four letter word for a lot of us because we were probably told to repent growing up or street preachers like that word a lot. Repent and they have signs repent the end is nigh, you know, and you're going, oh, you know, and then you like realize that all that word means is to turn or change of mind, change of heart. It's not that scary of a word. For me, I thought it meant like, fall down on your knees and grovel, you know. Beg God to forgive you. You must repent. Um, The Bible has a lot of words that have been mistranslated (laughs) and used against people to hurt them. And uh, to me, it's, it's really sad. But one of the two of these the two first stories here is what's really impressive to me, and what's always been amazing to me, is that there's this seeking out. There's seeking out of the sheep and the coin. There's now giving up, and we talk often about like people like Jesus draws people to Him. You know, you'll hear that, but in these stories, it isn't. People being drawn back. It's not a sheep isn't being drawn to the shepherd. The coin isn't being drawn to the person. The person isn't magneto. (laughs) That's magneto catching the coin. Um, It's uh it's it's the owner of the coin. It's the it's the shepherd uh is going out and searching and seeking and looking and being drawn To the one that is lost. Is trying to find the coin that is lost. Is trying to find the sheep that has wandered off. And that's something that I don't think we think about. Is that it's almost the opposite of that being. That we are drawn to. But that in a way. Christ is drawn to us. And if you're anything like me. I would probably say I identify more with the lost coin. And the lost sheep than I do with with uh, the ones that have stuck around. And so it's interesting to see that there's this, this no giving up, this constant search until and, and, and the owner has found what belongs to them, until the shepherd has found the sheep that has wandered away. And then there's a celebration. And I love that it says there's a celebration in the presence of God's angels because I was thinking, you know, what's in the presence of God's angels? Well, God, I guess. So... There's some sort of rejoicing in that and realizing that, that when you look at verses like love never gives up, never loses faith, endures through every circumstance, you can see that here in that story form. is It's, it's never giving up. It's constantly seeking us out. The third and final story is the story of the prodigal son. And I remember one time in... Uh, church camp playing the prodigal son I was very little and I forgot my lines yeah and then I remember the teacher being like (laughs) mouthing to me my lines and I was going like what what and I was like oh I was in the pig pen you know anyway we'll get to that part spoiler alert Um, then Jesus said there was a man who had two sons the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all his, he had and traveled a distance to, to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. <laughs> when he had spent everything, a severe famine took place through the country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. Now, what's interesting about this story, too, is that this man would have brought shame to his family by leaving early. He's basically saying to... His father, I wish you were dead. I want nothing to do with you anymore. I don't want to be with this family. I want my inheritance now. I don't want to wait. And I want to leave. So that to me has always been interesting. And so most of the people at this time probably would have laughed that Jesus was saying that the father gave him everything because most fathers would have made an example out of their son and brought them into the town square and beat them with an inch of their life. Not only you know this is because I've studied some church history and history on stories like this. And so you find out that there's a little bit more to it than just what, what people know. You know, common, what we know now and what people knew then is, is completely different. So the context that they were listening to this story is different than how we hear this context. And so people would have been like, What? When has the Father given him everything and let him go? But then it goes, but when he came to his self, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So automatically, the son is saying, okay, I've made a mistake. I've got to go back to the father. I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to be a hired hand. You know, this is, this is. I just can't live this way anymore. He's, he rehearses the whole thing, you know. And how many of us have screwed up time or two and we rehearse our apologies or rehearse what we're going to say or like, maybe I won't exactly apologize, maybe I'll put it this way or phrase it that way. or I don't know, I at night sometimes I can't sleep because I'm always like thinking over situations. So 20, it says, he set off and went to his father, but while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion, and he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy of being called your son. And then, but, it says but, and I love that it says but. Okay, so here's the son. He's coming back. He's giving the spiel. He's made the plan. He's about to ask to be a hired man. He's wanting to say he's done everything, and then it says, "But." So all I see is that the father turns away because all of a sudden it's not all of a sudden it's not working out. The plan isn't working out like he thought it was. But the father says to his slaves, "Turns around," which has got its own baggage. That we're not going to cover today. <laughs> Quickly bring the robe and the best one, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill and let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine is, is dead and is alive. He was lost and is found and they begin to celebrate. I mean, this story is seems full of contradictions at this point um, because the sons wish the father's death taken his inheritance left and the son is driven home out of despair the son isn't driven home out of what I would have been raised to be in his genuine repentance you know like is your heart heavy are you feeling like you down, you know, if your heart was to stop tonight, you know where you go, <laughs> that kind of nice manipulation, usually some sad, sappy worship music you know, and really get you cooking i've got to go back, you know, um I need you, Jesus, and this son was in need of basically he screwed up and needed food and needed shelter he just needed to be taken back he just was he made a mistake had he invested his money correctly or done something right with his money he wouldn't have come back you know that's so that's always been an interesting part of this story to me is that it was the son had just screwed up didn't know what to do was desperate and is coming back out of pure desperation so the motive here now the son's driven home out of despair Yet the father obviously has been keeping his eye on the road because it says as his son was far off, the father saw him coming. You know, and so in my mind, this is something where, you know, hearing this story is a father who's been waiting for the day for his son to return. He, as as the son had prepared his speech, the father had prepared his. Kill the calf. You know, get the the ring. Get these things. Let's celebrate. My son was gone and now he's returned. So the father keeps his eye on the road. Now look at these you know look at these stories. Oops, sorry. You've got this relentless relentless Love this relentless drive to call people into the presence into, into, the, into the, the, Jesus' presence Jesus is saying I, this is what I am about I am the father I am the shepherd you know I am the, the woman with the lost coin you know and I am seeking you out now, this is where you go, okay, well, you know, so Jesus wants sinners to be saved and blah, 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 and I heard all that growing up, you know, and so that's what, you know, a lot of people just want to reduce it to that. And 25 goes on and says, Now his elder son in the field, now his, now his elder son was in the field, and when he came approaching the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked, What's going on? The slave replied, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has gotten him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and begged and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed one of your commandments, And yet you never give me even a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours comes back, devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you're always with me. And all that I is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because the brother of yours was dead and has now come to life. He was lost and he has been found. So all of a sudden you see the envy of the older brother. And I think we all have younger brother moments. Um, I think we all have moments of people that we don't think deserve the party (laughs) and don't deserve the ring. And you're going, what the hell? This person? And I think that's one of the hardest parts of, of of uh this faith is loving your enemies loving those who persecute you loving those who are the least of these is the least of these for us are sometimes really hard people to love you know because we've practiced so hard to be open and affirming and loving and graceful but then we have to end up our least of these becomes those people who are usually the opposite not open not affirming <laughs> not loving not you know are we drawn to them Now, another thing to look at is both the good son and the bad son at times are separated from the father. All of a sudden, the good son is upset because of this party being thrown for his brother who's not deserving of it. And he goes, I don't want to come in. And the father become, has to come out and begs him to come in. Come in. You know, this, your, father, your son was gone. We must celebrate. And he goes, no, but look at all the good stuff I've done. I've done this and this and this and this. And the father's going, great, you know, and I appreciate all that. and Everything I have belongs to you. But your brother's back, and we have to celebrate. And you look at the good works here, and this much like the Pharisees who are coming up and saying, why is Jesus eating with these people? Jesus is trying to say to the Pharisees at this point, you guys, you're already in. I love you just as much. But you've ignored your younger brother. That's what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. These are your younger brothers. These are your lost coins. These are the lost sheep. You're the 99 other. You're the other coins. But their good works says, oh, I've done it. I've done enough. I've done so much that I should be, you know, I should be celebrated. So the you should be eating dinner with me instead. You know, um, so the good works has separated the son from the father. Just like the bad works separated The other, the prodigal son from the father. Both sons are separated from the father for different reasons. One is because he wanted all of his own things and wanted to go on his own and do his stuff. The other, because he says, I don't want to come in, I don't want to do this because I've done all these good works, I've done all these good things, and I deserve to be treated special. So good works and bad works can often get in our way. Works can get in the way of things, is the story here which a lot of us have a hard time with. Both can drift us away. If we focus on either one, oh, I've been so horrible, I've got to make this, this, oh, I've got to go back, I've got to beg, I've got to grovel, I've got to just get down on my knees and beg. And the other one is going, no, I don't have to, I don't have to do this. Why would, we, why would we let those people in church? Why would we want to be associated with those people? They need to change. They need to be more like me. But that's not what Jesus is saying. That's not what the Father is saying. The Father is saying, come to me, all of you, I'm seeking you out. I'm never giving up. I'm not losing faith. I'm seeking you out. Even those who are the close-minded ones, I'm saying, you belong to me as well. Even those who aren't willing to show grace, he's saying, you've belonged to me this whole time. But you're missing the bigger picture here. So it's not to say that people with who stay in church and, and, and are, you know, maybe not as open as we are and go to church five days a week and do these things, you know, aren't far, are, are not doing God's will in their own life, but they're missing out on something, and they're missing out on the inclusion. And that's the big story here, is the inclusion, the obsession that the father has, the obsession that the woman has, the obsession that the shepherd has with the inclusion of, we've got to find that which was lost. So I've never thought about a magnet, being the magnate of being, having being Christ drawn. Having Christ drawn to me. Because even in any other thing, you know, you're, you know, you're saved by grace, not by works. But it's either you're predestined or, you know, or you're, or you're drawn to Christ. But you never hear that Say people say, well, Christ is drawn to you. But that's what it sounds like this is saying is that Christ is saying, I'm drawn to you. I'm drawn to the other always. Because all of a sudden the older brother becomes the other and just a snap. I don't want to go in there. So all of a sudden now he's the other. And the father comes out and says, no, come in. I'm drawn to you. I'm drawing you to me and I'm drawn to you. So it, 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 it's, it's, this, it's like these two forces, two magnets coming together. They're both drawn towards each other. And to me, that's good news. And it's good news that I don't hear a lot. I don't see a lot. I don't experience a lot. Um, But I'd like to see more of it of this mutual being drawn to one another. That's radical grace, that's revolution, real revolution. So we all have a prodigal brother and some of us almost have the good brother too. (laughs) thinks we don't have, we don't deserve a place at the table. But the fact is is that in this book and these stories motives aren't the issue. Um, It challenges us to ask us are we being unforgiving of people we can't stand? So we shouldn't do that. We should be forgiving. We should be willing to that you know are we full of contradictions it asks us that it shows us the difference between existence and separation Um, it shows us God's call to be unified with us and reunified with us But motives aren't the issue, and that's an interesting thing to see because his bad motives for returning are an issue. The father coming out and the son saying, "I don't want to come in," the father saying, "Come in, you got to come in, we got to celebrate." He's these motives. He's he's seen beyond the motives even. He's seen something that the other person doesn't even know is going on, and that's why it's called good news. Because with all of our contradictions, all of that, God still seeks reunion. Grace still calls reunion. To be reunited with us. And it's hard to see that. It's hard to see it when you live in this world, especially nowadays. Nowadays, listen to me. Nowadays especially. No, probably not especially nowadays. It's always been. It's hard to see that. It's hard to understand that. And uh, I hope we can accept the fact that the ground of being calls us to reunion with us despite our contradictions, despite our good works or despite our bad works. We're all called into the presence of God. Thank you very much. Now we'll play the music. The organist. Oh, no. um, I'm going to, real quick reminder, we don't have service next week. Um, we have an offertorium out of my hat. If you want to give, that's great. If you don't, that's fine, too. We'd rather have you than your money. Um, we just, were a non-profit. I don't have the card here, but you know, if you want to, if you write a check, you can be, you can be, uh, get a tax write off. Or if you go online to revolutionchurch.com and donate there, you can also donate online and uh, that. But we're a nonprofit, so that's how we survive. But don't forget, we don't have service next week. So that goes for all of us here and all of us online. Um, I'll be bowling, bowling for dollars. So. Get outside, enjoy the weather, and uh, make sure you say hello to each other before you go home.